Hey everybody, welcome to my basement. We have a special show for you today. Yeah, remember in the 60s when Bob Dylan got together with the band and they had a special basement tapes kind of recording session where yep. the audio was terrible. Yeah, well but we've got was, that. There was beautiful music in there. Bob Dylan's on the show? No, no Bob Dylan. Oh, I'm sorry. Next time maybe. afford Bob Dylan. So this is a, a, a special episode. We were at Fan Expo a couple of weeks ago. Vic and I did a panel with our friend Sid Bolton from the PC Computer Entertainment Wild Museum. We all had our shirts off. No, and we, we talked talked about superhero you, video games. You can imagine. I actually am wearing a Superman shirt. I know you talked about that in podcast. the Well, why don't we just roll tape and uh, see if you can uh, make it out? This you know was recorded on my iPhone. So terrible audio. Yeah, apologize for that. But bear uh, with us. Might be some interesting stuff in this. Enjoy. You can surprisingly hear every word that Vic says, but Sid and I are faint. <laughs> <laughs> Sid Bolton is joining us from the PC Museum. <laughs> It's going to be video game history is going to be added on to that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and he brought a lot of video game history with us today because he is that incredible. And, of course, my great friend Scott Jones is here in the basement. I've never worn a shirt like this before until today. <laughs> he, he looks pretty good, doesn't he? I feel very awkward. And I'm sweating a lot, and it's you got, going you, through the shirt, so uh, my superpower is clearly is sweating. You have to take the glasses off, man. You don't really need them. Take them off. There he is. That is Superman. Smoldering intensity. He really is Clark Kent, isn't he? No, it doesn't work with the glasses and the shirt. You got to take them off, at least for this panel. Come on. Let's start talking about games. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we wanted to talk superheroes because uh, I think pretty much everybody in this room loves superheroes. And uh, superheroes and video games uh, work wonderfully well together. Um, not always, and there's been a lot of crap out there, but... Uh, it's a great marriage. It is a great marriage. Unlike my first marriage. Yeah, right, that's right. And, and really what it is is that when you play video games, uh, you know, almost any video game you play, there's some kind of superpower attached to it, some kind of power-up or some kind of... Uh, connection to um, uh, awesome augmented abilities and the superhero stories work so well when they're interwoven properly into video games so we thought we'd talk about some of our favorites today maybe hit on some of the uh, biggest disappointments and disasters out there and we want to also hear from you guys and some of your thoughts about the you know the superhero games that you play why don't we start with Scott what's uh, oh, what's a game that, <laughs> that you love last year it was me so yeah. this year it's you that's good well, I think that, you know my favorite kinds of superhero games are the games that I, that are that turn out to be superhero games, but they don't initially seem like they're going to be superhero games. Games that basically make me feel like a superhero. I mean, anytime you sit down to play a video game, you, you want to you want escapism, obviously, but you want to be able to do things uh, in, in the game in this virtual world that you can't do in real life. And um, you know, one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is a game from 2004, uh, PsyOps, The Mindgate Conspiracy, Brilliant. published by Midway. Does anyone, anyone here born? Uh, <laughs> after, before 2004, does anyone remember that game? Sure. Yeah. Let's hear some applause. Who likes PsyOps? <laughs> Probably why we didn't get a sequel right there. Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, this game uh, stars, has one of the worst names for any video game protagonist in history. 
Nick Cryer. Yeah, Nick Cryer. I, the guy is a douche. I don't like the guy at all. You see him on the, on the cover here. This is how Vic used to cut his hair in high school. <laughs> and, uh, and so you have all these incredible powers. A lot of people talk about this game as being the game that... Uh, that um, What's the, uh, the, the telekinesis? The telekinesis. The telekinesis. Yeah. No, from the uh, from the Jedi universe, the Star Wars game. The oh, yeah. Force powers. Yeah. The Force powers. No, what, what were the games that came out? Uh, oh, the, uh, the Sam Woodward. Oh, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Yeah. yeah. This is the game that the Force Unleashed was trying to be. I love the Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed anyway. But uh, but yeah, you really just right from the start, you're sort of going through all these tutorials, and you have this guy who's sort of your mentor, and of course he turns on you eventually, uh, and uh, he's teaching you all your different powers, and you're learning all these different things, and you really feel powerful yeah. over the course of the game, you start doing these incredible things, and, you, and, you, and it really is a journey, there really is a beginning, middle, and end, there's a terrific arc, and obviously when they were making this game, they were very sure that you guys were going to love it, the six people in this room. They were hoping that more than six people would love uh, PsyOps. Um, and so at the very end of the game, we were just laughing about this. It says, to be continued. And yeah. of course, it's yeah. eight years later. Yes. And we're still waiting for the mind game. One of these uh, infamous video game trilogies that are always planned and never actually realized. The word is one old G. Are you, are you yeah. sure that uh, Force Unleashed was, was modeled like this? I think actually it was Destroy All Humans. It's just, a, you know, the Force Unleashed is a reskin, destroy all humans, because you had sort of the same You've been element. corrected, Scott. And well, that... <laughs> but the sad part is, is destroy all humans had sequels, and this didn't. Yeah. That's what's really sad. You know what's yeah. going to happen, though? We're really so bereft of new ideas. We're going to get a sequel Oh, yeah. This That'll get a, a reboot. Yeah. No one Starring Andrew Garfield. Except for the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a bad name. I mean, PsyOps kind of works, but the MindGate conspiracy doesn't add at all to it. there was a cheesy music video that they... Yeah. To try to tie in all these music tracks with the game. I forget who it was. Maybe it was like Nine Inch Nails or something. But, uh, it's no, definitely it's, worth playing. And it's it, yes. from, uh, featuring Colds with My Mind right. music video. It's definitely worth playing, especially for the people that are kind of studying video game development or you know into the history of video games, because it was uh, um, you know uncharacteristic of Midway. They took a chance on a new property that uh, was kind of unproven, and they did a lot of research. Remember some of the videos that they were putting together for this thing? They actually they went into um, government science fiction or government uh, psyops. There's actually departments and, and divisions, sort of secret, you know, elements of um, of the counter espionage kind of units where they're talking about mind control and stuff like that. And they just lifted that and turned it into a fictional property. Well, the key moment in this game, and uh, the six people who played it know this, is when you can lift a guy up off the ground and actually explode his head like in <laughs> And it's completely grotesque, but it's just like burning ants with a magnifying glass. Once you do it once, you're like, I need to, I need to pop more heads in this game. <laughs> Basically, they should have just called it Head Popper. <laughs> and, well, maybe more sequel. people would have bought it. <laughs> head, head Popper is easy to remember. Head Popper, my gate conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> if you find this uh, in any used bin, you really should play this, though. And that's really what today's program is about. Yeah. It's about celebrating the, the this best. Is, yeah, I mean, you can find this for five bucks, and you, you'll have a great weekend with this. Sure. Sid, what you got, man? Well, before we do that, does anybody know, talking about video game history, does anyone know what the first superhero video game was? And if you tell us, put your hands up if you know the answer, and Vic's going to pick the person. If you get it right, mm. we'll give you an autographed copy of the first Spider-Man Xbox. Autographed by whom? Three of us. <laughs> like the best superheroes here. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. You want to pick? Uh, sure. Was it the Spider-Man game on the Atari 2600? 
That would be incorrect. You mean this one here? That's actually the second one. You're very close. Wow. Superman? Superman on the Atari 2600. Unfortunately, I wasn't going to pick you. So, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, all right, that is actually correct. We'll and do the signing after. Yeah, we'll do, do all this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the game that I was going to start with was... Um, oh, we'll sign it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's the box. <laughs> and uh, you this let game, your dog get to this box. Yeah, what happened? I know. What happened it's to that? It's hard to find this game. It's not very museum quality there. I I know. Know. 1979. Okay. <laughs> well, at least he's not picking on me about Dragon's Life. Um, this game was really bad. And if you download an emulator and get a ROM I actually for loved it, it. You, uh, you, if you don't have the manual, you cannot figure out how to play. Okay. Basically, you can go from being uh, Clark Kent to being Superman. You go through the phone booth. And if you get hit by kryptonite, you have to turn back into Clark Kent and go kiss Lois Lane. Okay? <laughs> this was the best idea they had in like a <laughs> It's really bad. Um, and if you want to see, you can, of course, look on YouTube and just watch the footage if you don't want to get an emulator. But Just um, a bunch of squares, little pixels, little pixel dude, and he would just fly around like that. But the other problem is, is that there hasn't, this is the first superhero video game, and there's still... Yet to this day, 2012, there are still no good Superman games. Lego Batman 2 is pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's pretty, it's, okay. It's pretty I'll give cool you that. Superman. But in, term, in terms of an actual mm -hmm. regular full game, nothing. But why, Sid? Why? Tell everyone why there are no good Superman games so far. Because Superman is, like, amazing, and you can't kill him. You can't really do anything to him. I guess you can there are some ways, but I don't know. I mean... Does anybody know how how they would make a, a great Superman game? It's hard. You were the first one. You you stand up and tell. Give us just an, a top view idea of how you would turn him into a good video game character. Because all the game developers that I've ever tried have, haven't been able to figure this out. And then solve global warming. After yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> no challenge. We already got breast physics figured out. You got uh, five minutes. Go. Oh, okay. Uh, you could make a project right where you kind of take away all his powers and then kind of. Make it so that he gains his powers over time. Right. So you start with the normal guy, then you get super strength, then maybe super speed. Just go all Smallville on it, right? They used, yeah, to, yeah, they used yeah. to do that in the Smallville TV show, ran for 10 years, yeah. probably that's turned good. that into a video that's game, good. right? Like, yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. So all right. Good one. Who's got the license? Let's give it to this guy. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. They get better, like you, like you'll hit like a little bar, and it's like, oh, then your speed is faster, and you get this or whatever. The challenge, I think, is the enemies, yeah. because when you are the most powerful being on Earth, what do you fight? Doomsday. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you know, I think that there are like the Superman Returns game that EA did was a good two hours of content, but you pay sixty bucks and you feel ripped off because there wasn't enough stuff in it. But they had some cool mechanics down. The flight was cool. The uh, the combat around, was pretty there good. Was nothing to do when you were yeah. flying. You could just go faster and faster and faster, and then you couldn't go any faster. Fighting flying. robots, it's so man. Boring. It's yeah. Being Superman would be cool, I would guess. Yeah. But it, they make it so boring in all these games. They don't know what to do. Yep. That's Except true. for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nameless guy over there. Thank you. Like yes. Batman too. You said yeah. Superman. That. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you got? You got to pick. pick? Uh, I am going to pick um, Freedom Force because we're not into the. Uh, 
into the other two that I, I love. But Freedom Force was a PC game made by uh, Irrational, who is now doing Bioshock. They made a sequel, Freedom Force versus the Third Reich. And it was uh, kind of a precursor to the MMOs that are out right now, like City of Heroes. Um, and there's another one, I forget the name of it. Uh, but they, uh, they let you kind of create some custom superheroes, and they also created a whole bunch of other uh, superheroes within their action RPG mythology. It had a, some of the same kinds of gameplay as Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It was kind of a top-down RPG. And, um, but what was really cool is because they had the freedom to, to not have to stick to the, um, the constraints of established lore, they could just come up with their own origins. And they were such huge comic book fans over there at Irrational. They really went over the top. So they had all of these fantastic origin sequences, lots of larger-than-life villains that you had to fight, and lots of different ways into the combat. So there was a really rich story that you cared about all the characters. There was the ability to also mod it and share some of that stuff after the fact as well. Just fantastic gameplay. Totally stands the test of time. Simple um, sort of uh, art and design, like polygonally, so it'll run really well on whatever platform you run you run it on, whether it's a Mac computer or, or a PC or whatever. But uh, it's still a fantastic game, and it shows, uh, you know, the the talent that Irrational had. And you know, what was cool about that game is that was our, my first trip to Boston when we were shooting uh, uh, EP all over the place back then. We still do, but I was doing a lot more traveling. And I went to visit Irrational, and we were also doing a lot more skits in the show back then because we had a little bit more time to put some of this stuff together. And we did this whole thing with a lot of the Irrational developers where they were villains and superheroes. And I had uh, Ken Levine, who is obviously uh, the creative director working on the new Bioshock. He was Captain Irrational. And we did the whole interview as the two little heads on either side of the gameplay footage. And uh, he got right into it. And one of their guys was just crazy, some programmer that, that just went nuts. And he was uh, Captain Snowball. And he was out, out, out in the street pretending to mime to throw snowballs at cars and stuff. And he just had a blast. And we added all these cool effects to it. And great memories. And it's a terrific game. Totally what worth playing. What are some of the characters from Freedom Force? Because I've never played them. Uh, I can't remember all of their names. Flyaway Man, Jump Around. No, one of them is like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fart Man was in there, yeah. Uh, one of them was like um, uh, like an American, Revolution, uh, an American revolutionary type guy. He was like the leader of them. I can't remember all of the characters. There were so many of them. But I just I remember loving the gameplay and loving the... Uh, ingenuity of the of the game design. Is that thing happening right now when you're talking about a game and you want to go play I really it? want to go play it right now. I want to boot up my laptop and just play it. Sit still. Okay. All right. He knows me very well. Yes. Mr. Jones, back to you. Uh, you know, just continuing my theme of, of superhero games that don't uh, initially seem like superhero games. Infamous 1 and Infamous 2, obviously. A lot of people in this room, PlayStation 3 owners. Uh, this... Fans of Infamous? Yes. This is another game where you start out and you, and you sort of have to get your feet on the ground and you're you know, inadvertently thrust into this conflict and you're, you're, you know, you're learning all of these superpowers along. I mean, by the end of the game, you're such a badass. You're practically flying around the city uh, and uh, just, just picking up cars and, and destroying things. I mean, if you're not playing as a good guy, destroying things. But you know, one of my favorite things in... in any game, any superhero kind of related game, 
is helping people. I know you guys think uh, I'm, I'm mean and that I hate them, but actually, I'm, I'm actually a really nice guy. Um, <laughs> I, 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 my part of Infamous is when people are, are sort of rolling around on the ground and I can go over and give them a shock and suddenly they're happy again. And, they're yeah. <laughs> and I get a little, a little boost. And that's one of my favorite parts. One of my only favorite parts of Superman Returns is you can actually pick people up carry them to a little area where ambulances have parked in a little circle and drop them off there. Same is true for Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Picking up people and hauling them to the uh, hauling them to the hospital or in the most recent iteration of Spider-Man, hauling them to the insane asylum. Yeah. <laughs> but I like helping people in games and I don't think enough games articulate that. They don't I celebrate think, it enough, I don't, no. I, don't, I think, you know, yeah. it's, Vic and I talk about this all the time, but so many games that we play are, are all about, you know, the gun. And, and what it can do to people. And, and I think there's more, you know, a lot of us in the room, I think, would, would agree. We want to help people. We want to do nice things in games. That's why superhero games could really work, you know, if developers really embraced them and, and took them as far as they could go with this stuff. It's really fun to I be think, the good guy. I think the, the real key, and that, that guy has a great idea for how to, how to fix the, the wrongs of Superman, just make most of it, like 60% of it, doing really nice things, you know, yeah. just really helpful. W without repetition, that's the challenge. Right. Like Spider-Man 2, you had to get that kid's balloon about a billion times. I still do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll go get it again. Oh no, my balloon! Oh really? Oh no! Superhero games are the perfect, you know, medium for video games. You know, for video games is the perfect medium for superheroes to be on. Really, I yeah. think. I mean, so it's a shame that it's taken so long for us to get really, really good. Yeah, because you can't just. I mean, and they did for many years. Just take Double Dragon and put Batman in it, or put X Men in it. Or, or put Spider-Man in it, or Captain America. You know, Cole McGrath, going back to Infamous, he also has a Robin-like sidekick. Yeah. And a guy, Zeke, with his eldest That glasses. dude is not like Robin. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> that That's my guess. He's Robin is Robin -like. an acrobat. He's but, tough well, as nails. No, he's a also, badass. But Zeke also turns Zeke's on. Zeke's got a gun. He's, he's, a real he's not a superhero. Right, he's Jesus. just a big fat dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I come up with this shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like being in Vic's basement. Uh, so you know, there, there's all kind. There's a huge world to explore. I mean, I, I love both infamous games, Giant Ball. The second one really ramped up the scale of totally. things. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Sucker Punch did. I hope this series continues. I think it will. Yeah, I think I'd love. I mean, I'd love to see that franchise on the Vita. I think that that's a good fit. You I know? just don't like his his name though. I always confuse him with like the, the Cole McGrath. Yeah. With what? With like the lead singer of Nickelback so boy band. What is it, Nickelback? Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> lead singer of Nickelback. <laughs> Spent 15 hours playing his hymn. It's awesome. All right. Say so what you got, man. On. Um, I picked. This is a PlayStation 2 game. The Classic. Hall, Classic. Ultimate Destruction. Classic. Canadian made. It's a little bit better than this one. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, the Phantom Saga. <laughs> um, but uh, I think, you know, it's hard to make a video game where you just destroy shit really bad. Like, it's just fun. They're just fun. I actually, um, I had someone over last night, and they have a little kid. He's like four years old or something. And the game that he picked up on in the main cabinet was Rampage. You remember the original yeah. Rampage? Yeah. Yeah. And... I'm trying to figure out why this kid loves Rampage. It's just because you 
you just you break stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think if you do you know a game right, it's not hard to make a good game out of somewhere you break stuff. And that's why I like the Incredible Hulk. I you know I got to second that emotion. I, that's one of my favorite games of. I'm not even a huge Hulk fan, but I just I remember. You I'm, are the Hulk in that game. I mean, they've yeah, did such an are. amazing job, man. But I remember I was reviewing uh, video games for Maxim at the time, and uh, I remember I had so so much. It was during the holidays, and I was sitting down. I had so much to play, and I just I finished that game twice. I loved <laughs> the shit out of that game. And right now, as I'm talking about, you want to go play it? <laughs> yeah, that was that was the that was the case where Radical like over delivered as well. I mean, it was an HD game on the Xbox One. It was a 720p game. It just looked beautiful. They went full production, uh, you know, cinematic quality with the music and the voiceover. They had fantastic storytelling right from the comics. There was really good coordination with Marvel. I think leading up to some of the best, I, almost Arkham City, Arkham Asylum type integration, you know, it was really fantastic. And you just felt like such an incredible badass. And it was, you know, when the sea of Grand Theft Auto copycats were starting to sort of bubble up there, you know, there was all these open world games that did kind of the same types of things. Remember Scarface, which Radical also did. Uh, but this this was different because you could take down those cities and then you could jump to all cool, all kinds of cool hub points and you know the the way they kind of gave you wrestling moves and all kinds of new abilities as you uh, became you know bigger and badder throughout just the game. Just be able to run up the side awesome. of the building and just see the footprints that you were leaving yeah. along the side of the <laughs> yeah. building. You're so great. Really we've, we've lost Scott, by the way. Yeah, so I want to play it right now. I know. <laughs> this is really this is the best book I've read in years. <laughs> <laughs> Back when the game's had manual. What will happen next? <laughs> well, I'm going to stick with the Marvel games, and I'm going to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man, which we had on the show not too long ago. And, and this, this was um, another Treyarch game. They were sort of lifting off of their success with Spider-Man 2, which I think is a landmark title. That was a needle mover, as Scott and I talk about all the time. It was one of those games where it's like, oh, my God, superhero games. But Ultimate was fantastic because... Uh, it, it's not as long as we all wanted it to be. It wasn't maybe as robust an experience, and you couldn't go to the boroughs like you could in Spider-Man 2. Uh, but they gave you more to sort of sink into within the mythology. You're fighting Wolverine as uh, Venom. Uh, you're, you're chasing um, Johnny Storm around as, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the... Pardon me? You uh, upgrade your speed for uh, Swinton. Yeah, you upgrade your, your yeah, and the, and the physics on the swinging were fantastic as well. You really felt like it, it took skill to get around, you know, and you would face plant into buildings and stuff <laughs> until you until you had the the sort of uh, the rhythm down, this the the smoothness down, and then you just felt like Spider Man. And then the writing was from Brian Michael Bendis, who's one of my favorite comic writers, and also the cutscenes were so yeah ahead of their time, right? I mean, it was like a comic book come to life, and then boom, you were zipping right into the experience of it. Uh, it was exhilarating. You know, I think that's that's a great point, Vic, and it's one that you and I have discussed uh, off-camera before and away from panels, and that is uh, articulating the learning curve of becoming a superhero is has got to be very difficult, but Spider-Man 2 was very bold. It's yeah. ultimate, and Spider-Man obviously yeah. carried on that tradition yeah. of just letting you fall, like letting you fail. And, uh, I mean, we live in the age of helicopter parenting, you mm -hmm. know, where, where every game needs to take such good care of you. Here's cushions all around you. You can't fail. You can't lose. You can win. Everything's, everything's totally. going to be great. Your yeah. life's going to be great. Don't fucking let us fail. Yeah. Let us fall. Let us, let us face plant into the sides of buildings. Yeah. And let us and, and, and make that a celebration of the experience. Like, make that a... Uh, such an over-the-top cool thing. Like, the bailing in Tony Hawk is a big part of... 
you know, that restart and saying, ah, man, I, I don't want to play this damn level again, but I have to. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a big part of the engagement of video games and the big reason why they've escalated and hit these, uh, you know, terrific sales numbers. And I think because the video game industry has kind of pulled back on that a little bit, tried to open it up to a wider audience, that wider audience might jump in for a, a quick second, but they get bored and they get, you know, they move on to something else. Pardon me? We don't have action replay. We don't have action replay anymore. But how many people like the uh, the Mario um, cheat uh, mushrooms that pop up? You know, they, that they, whatever it is, they give. No, the ones that give you the the, uh, the way to go all the way to the end of the level. They give you help on how to finish. Do people like that? Anybody in this room? Codes built in. No. Well, this is this is part of the. Uh, you know, the casualization of video games. This is an effort to appeal to as many people as possible. And yeah. I, I think it's failing. I think what happens is maybe people dabble with that, but they don't, you know, those dabblers don't stay, you know? Right. We're, the, we're the people that people, love this stuff. The core people that love that stuff. Exactly. Well, look at the latest Spider-Man from Beanox. I mean, it's afraid to let us fail. That even, was even when you would fall to junk. the ground, it would save you and be like, whoops, you're okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but then if you compare that to Shattered Dimensions, that was an, a classic, you know? And that's really what has happened for me. As much as I love Arkham uh, Asylum and City and the Lego Batman games, there isn't a, you know, a huge breadth of fantastic Batman experiences in games, as we all know. Spider-Man has been pretty consistent. You know, there's been some crap, but uh, I've loved a lot of Spider-Man games. Bring back the game over screen. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back. Man. Yes. Totally. Let us fail. You don't. You don't need 271 lives. No. Yeah, that's New true. Super Mario Brothers 2. That's true. <laughs> 20 minutes in, I can't, I can't die. I'm gonna die. You, want, you have your third game. Oh, is it me again? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, continuing with my theme of games that aren't superhero games. And, and also included beta codes, I noticed. Uh, Crackdown. Yeah. Now, this was Not game. two. Crackdown one. This was a game that shipped with a demo for, I think, Halo 2? Or 3? Three. 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 Yeah. 3. Shit, my mind's going. Uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody was like, what is this piece of shit game? I just want the Halo demo. <laughs> and then I started playing this piece of shit game, and guess what? It's better than Halo 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played the shit out of this oh, game. Yeah. Sorry, I, I gotta stop swearing. You do, game. yes. Only in the basement. I played the crap out of this game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this is another game that sort of starts off, and you're like, yeah, I can do some cool things. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto. Shh, shh, shh. Can you hear that collecting orb sound? It's <laughs> awesome. I saw an orb on top of the building on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Must get it later. <laughs> oh, I love, you know, there's about 20 bosses in the game. You have to go into their hidey holes and you know get them out of there. And it's so violent. And, uh, you just kill everything and everyone. Everything. Cops everywhere. everywhere. What, I, I see a theme here. The head popping, the crushing. <laughs> Yeah, what's going on, Mr. Violence? This, is, this isn't my analysis session. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the way that you're jumping around the city, obviously, are very derivative of uh, the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Mm -hmm. You just start leaping everywhere. I mean, you don't even need cars no. by the end of it. You're like, why would I even get in a car? But you person? got them. If you, you want got them, them, if you want them. Yeah. Mostly they're just good at throwing at bad guys. Another just terrific game that I didn't even realize halfway through I was playing a superhero game, and I totally... Like this, this probably, of all the games I've talked about today, 
makes me feel the most super. I just think the scale of the game is right. I think that's very difficult to get in an open world game. Well, and you also level up in so many interesting ways. You know, the more you use every facet of your character's ability, you see the, the sort of RPG scaling in a very, you know, easy to digest way. And you do feel incredibly powerful. You know, it's cool. It's a, it's a fantastic and game. And I don't know what happened with the sequel, but it seemed to it be... It was very same. fun. I missed the soul. Though. And the depth, I think. Yeah. 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 So crack down. Woo! <laughs> nice. Uh, for my next game, now I'm going to pick a Batman game. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing history, so I'm not picking what's best. And maybe it's time to ask another question for a prize. Um, don't yell it out. Or how about if we give away some bananas? Yeah, we'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll give you a copy of... <laughs> I'll give you a copy of Spider-Man 2, if you can tell me, and again, please raise your hands, what score did Vic give to Arkham City? Well, how many people know? Wow. Uh, Lots of people know. No, somebody yelled it out. Ask another one. Oh, man. That's all I had. <laughs> That's it? Um, well, actually, do you remember what you gave to... Uh... Batman Begins? I don't know. I think we'd have that, to... That would be tough. It I would be tough, because we'd remember. have to go back to the tape. Yeah. That was a long time uh, ago. What about uh, Arkham Asylum? Do you remember what you gave Oh, yeah, that? absolutely. All right. This guy right here. Is that Drew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, what, do we, what do I give Arkham Asylum? 7.5? No. No. <laughs> guy in the red? Uh, 9? No. Nope. Uh, hat? Uh, 9.5. Nope. <laughs> Come on, guys. There's only a few more numbers. Okay, uh, <laughs> guy in the blue shirt with the... Uh, the long no. no. <laughs> there's, a there's, a, there's a hearing booth, you'll. Okay. Afro. 11? No. no. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> People call yourself fans. Oh, no. I gave it a 10. I'm keeping Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And, and just for those that don't know or didn't hear, it was a 12 that he gave to so, Arkham City. Yes. Okay, so, so we changed the scale. We'll somehow. come up with another question in a, in a wow. second here. Okay, so uh, the game yeah. that I actually yeah. enjoyed playing at the time, it's, it's obviously not the best game ever, but Batman Begins, I actually really enjoyed this game. Um, it got kind of average reviews. One of the things about it, though, is it really looked good for the time period. The sure. graphics in it were, were really good. You were totally handheld in that game, though. That drove me nuts. They yeah, put those little true. identifiers where you were supposed to put the batarang and where you were supposed to go and just press like this we were button. Just talking about with yeah. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, I don't know, it just, um, I guess part of it was there had been such a drought. Like you have to understand, in, in terms of video games, Superman, the first one came out in 1979. You know, the first... Um, uh, Spider-Man game came out in 1982, I believe. And does anyone know when the first Batman game came out? Ooh. That'll be a good question. No. No. It was for the. It was on the Spectrum. Yeah. It was, anyone knows that? Yeah. It was other, <laughs> like bigger in in the UK type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody yeah. know? Anybody? Wait. Wait. Orange back. shirt. So close. Eighty-six. Mm. You already won something. <laughs> uh, in the uh, news cap there, yeah. Uh, 88? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the glasses, black shirt? <laughs> you guys are killing it. Was, it was 85, wasn't it? Uh, okay. One more. Yeah, one more shot. Yeah. Uh, curly hair back there in the red. 86? 86! All right. You can get this at the end. 
Um, so anyways, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think um, it does have problems. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not one I would pick as one of my overall favorites. But in terms of a game, if you want to sit down and just have some fun exploring the Batman world as you wait for the next Batman game to come out, give they, it a shot. They played with fear, which was the yes, coolest that, thing. that's right. That's they were it. really lifting off on Scarecrow, who's a fantastic villain. Yeah, Intimidation was, Better than Bane. was in there as a, as a game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, they played on, on fear and, and uh, like was the fear game. Kind of, yeah. yeah there was lots of identifiers, yeah. yeah. And you played play as Bruce game. Wayne for way too long in that game. I heard this game was, was shit. No, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was just around average. Little, maybe a little better than average. That was but you guys, as Batman fans, you're a Batman fan, yes. too. So yeah. you guys were ready to... You wanted a Batman experience. It was no Batman forever. No. <laughs> no. There was so many garbage Batman games. Anybody remember Batman Dark Tomorrow? Did anybody buy Batman Dark Tomorrow? I heard of it. What, what, what are your thoughts on Batman Dark Tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, did, you, okay did you pay you money for that? Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I felt so bad. I mean, we were visiting Kemco in Seattle, and, and uh, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a freak for this stuff. And I was just like, like saying, okay, you guys are making an awesome game, right? Like, we're putting you on TV, you're promising that you're making an awesome game. And they promised on TV. And that thing was like unplayable, man. You couldn't even control which direction the character was going to go. Looked great, but terrible. Garbage. I think like a three or four. Eight. I mean, because it. <laughs> I, I went as low as an eight on that one. Yeah. And the next day he's like, no, nah, that's an 8.5. Yeah, I really like it. No, it was terrible. It was garbage. Sorry, Broke my heart. Raspberries. Raspberries. There's so many garbage Batman games. What was the worst superhero game? Anybody got one? All right, guy in the uh, glasses, you're the first. Uh, Superman 64. Superman 64, yeah. 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 Probably. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like developers, you know, and I don't want to belittle because nobody wants to make garbage and lots of people work on these things, but it's like they get handed these, you know, gold bars and then they melt them down and it's a pile of poop. It comes out at <laughs> but the imagine end. though, Vic, honestly, realistically, if somebody came to you and said, hey, you're in charge of the next Superman game, mm. your brain would probably just short circuit. No, man, I'd, I'd love that challenge. And then you turn It'd be hard to do a daily show. I would visit you in Arkham Asylum. I can't do it. <laughs> would, would you all agree that Arkham City is the best superhero game? Yes. Yeah? Any, any challengers to that? Anybody? What would you say? You like Asylum better than City, why? I thought that the story bits were too disconnected and I ended up running around the city randomly right. looking for stuff and it kind of took me out of the game. That was Scott's great note on Arkham Asylum is that it, didn't, it wasn't too large. It was scaled perfectly for the character and I completely oh, right. agreed yeah. with that. You sometimes know? I see smart things. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're observant. What would you say? Batman for the NES was the best superhero game. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, are you okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Somebody kill his forehead. Do you need a banana? Yeah. yeah. Those are rich in potassium. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 and Ultimate Spider-Man are close to our yeah. yeah. In some ways, because they were really like carving the path, 
you have to give them a little bit more credit in a way, right? And it was 3D, and you felt like the character. Yeah, I think Arkham City, though, still, just just for the depth of it. I know it's a little messier than Asylum, but you just so much value Listen, in that thing. I need to stop you, or else you will go on and on about Arkham. No, that's it. That's you all need I need to move on. Okay, my, next game for you. My, my third game is a, is a small uh, Game Boy 1 game. I think, I think it was Game Boy Color, actually. It was uh, Spider-Man Mysterio's Menace, which was from uh, Vicarious, Vicarious Visions. Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance, yeah. And this was my first kind of realization, like, oh, shit, Marvel's won. <laughs> they're, they're way better than DC. Because it, it it's really just a, uh, in terms of video games, it's, it's really just a 2D Spider-Man experience, and we had played some of these types of games before. But uh, Vicarious Visions, for those that don't know, was one of the first developers for the uh, Game Boy Advance, and that was pretty cool hardware. It was a really big advance from, no pun intended, from what the original Game Boy was. And there were some, you know, scaling of sprites. It was almost like a Super Nintendo in a handheld. And they could maximize it. They did a really cool Tony Hawk game for it. Uh, they did a couple of other types of um, Spider-Man titles and stuff like that, but they really did something special with this game. You felt like the character, yeah. you felt totally fluid, you had lots of mobility. It was like a Metroid experience with you know, web-slinging, uh, fighting lots of cool villains along the way, the great comic book pop-up art, and it was just exhilarating. It was really fun. I mean, one of the, the missing components, I think, of, of the game is it didn't have sort of modern saving systems, so you'd have to start levels over and the checkpoints were a little bit further apart than you wanted to. But, you know, I played the, uh, the most recent 3DS Spider-Man game and the most recent DS game, and those were terrible. That was good. Yeah, compared, you know, comparatively to a game that's more than 10 years old now, I think, that's still one of my favorite Spider-Man experiences. Yeah, it's a platform game that you can, you can move up and down through the levels really fast. Yes. And then you can also, you know, shoot your webs and climb up the buildings. And then there was the, the combat as well. So it was really, really a lot of fun and very, very well done. And it responded to the controls very well, which is always a challenge, it seems, with some of these games. What's what's your favorite hero in video games? Is it Spider-Man? Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> excited, excited about the Deadpool game? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hi, Moon's gonna do something cool with that. Is Spider-Man not your for your in a Spider-Man costume? I said Spider-Man. I heard no, nothing from you. All right, Deadpool. Okay. Now before we go to Scott's next pick, do you have another pick for you, or maybe we don't? I do not, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> one of the other things that Vic had picked was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yes. <laughs> Okay, we're going to give this copy away, and, yeah, I know, isn't that, it's almost bad to give it away. Now I'm going to ask you a Scott Jones question. Before Scott had his website, his personal website, he had a blog, and again, don't yell it out, please. Does anyone know what the blog was called? And if you do, raise your hand, and Scott will pick you, maybe. Uh, that gentleman over there. Jones Report. All right, uh, the Jones Report. Very nice. Do you, do you have this incredible game, Ultimate Alliance? Oh, my God. So good. Wow. Does it play on the 360? Uh, I'm not sure because there was a 360 native version, but we're going to sign it, so it's going to be All right. valuable. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing game. Did anybody, everybody play Ultimate Alliance? Yeah. Such a cool game. I played it on uh, the, uh, you know, obviously on the consoles, but on the PSP. Did anybody play it on, a, on the PSP? Woo! Yeah, it was just, it was perfect to walk around with because it was deep and it, and it went off in a bunch of different tangents and there was all of these different sort of side stories and side missions and you got all the characters. And it, again, that was a Vicarious Visions game. They ported it from the Raven Code uh, and they did a perfect job. It was as good as the console game in, you know, what we all know now was a pretty, you know, half-assed portable from Sony. I mean, it just wasn't as 
as good as we all wanted it to be, but they did a fantastic job. Terrific game. Do you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this table filled with superhero games, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm looking at mostly bad games. Yeah. Some good ones. I would say, what would you say the split is between good and bad superhero games in history? I would guess it's maybe 70-30. 70 70%. Totally. Yeah. 70% bad, 30% yeah. good. Yeah. That's not good enough, right? You know, we fill a convention hall like this or Comic-Con or whatever. We're in. We're that crowd, you know? Like, we love this stuff, and we want these characters to, to, like, kick ass, you know? It drives me nuts. Like, how did the Avengers come and become the biggest movie of 2012? And no offense to Ubisoft, but how, how come we're going to do this in our Avenger, Avengers game <laughs> this year, you know? Like, why is that the only Avengers video game that we're really going to get in 2012? Now, yeah, we, we mentioned Lego, yeah. the Lego um, superhero games. Is there any other games that involve superhero characters that you guys enjoyed? I'm looking at one, so I'm kind of cheating, but can uh, somebody give us an idea? Sure, you. Yeah, you. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy DC Universe. DC Universe, yeah. Mm. Straight. Yeah, Scott and I dug that quite a bit. That was really cool. Yeah. All right, so I've got the original. Uh, this is actually Dreamcast. Two, I guess. Yeah, yeah Dreamcast. Oh, yes. Marvel versus Capcom. Are you getting that away? No. <laughs> yeah, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three, man. That's like a love letter, right? I mean, it's so easy to play, and it's just beautiful. No, not easy to play well. Yeah, but. I might take some flack for this, but MK versus DC. Oh, I love that game. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Are you guys excited about uh, the new one? I don't know. I, I never know what the name is. I always forget it. Injustice, but there's more, right? God's. A, I mean, that's a hard name. That's going to be the next PsyOps. It's a, it's a, the next PsyOps right there. <laughs> Injustice, God's among us. It's... I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be super fun. But uh, yeah, I love that Marvel, the Immortal Kombat DC. That was really cool. We need to have a Marvel DC fighting game. You know, where is that? Yeah. Screw the lawyers. Screw the lawyers. Just a little, a little side note here. Uh, Vic and I go to the movies a lot, obviously for our jobs, and uh, we were sitting at the movies a couple weeks ago. I don't remember what we were going to see. And he was. We, we go with one of our uh, our production assistants at the office, Blake Seekin, and. and I, I just listen to these guys talk sometimes. You know, again, I'm not, not the biggest superhero guy. And I just heard Vic leaning over talking to Blake, because he's not going to say this to me. And he says, Blake, in our lifetimes, we are going to see a movie that has Superman and Spider-Man in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to say it like me. It was, in our lifetimes. In our lifetimes. <laughs> we're going to see a movie. And I was just like, how the fuck did I wind up well, there's a there's a sidebar to this discussion as well. There's a reason why you don't see Scott Jones at Comic Con anymore on the oh, show. Because no. the first time I took him there, which was a couple of years ago, I don't know if you guys caught that episode where we were reviewing all of the stuff that was that we were excited about at Comic Con. Scott said, Bitman, Bitman. He said it about 47 times. And uh, Miri and I, and I think Tommy was in there. Somebody else was there. Foobs was there. Yeah, we were all just like, okay. That was his last trip to Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to make Vic angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like him when he's angry. But, uh, he was not angry. Bitman, Bitman's over there. Get him all 
It's pretty hard to get a word in edgewise. Before I do that, I wanted to uh, I mentioned uh, a little buried treasure for you guys to look up. It's a superhero game called Booger Man. And it has the best subtitle ever. It's a pick and flick adventure. I want you all to go and pick this up. This is not the prize, though. Why are video game companies more adventurous and more creative with yeah, things why, like Booger Man? Why are there funny superhero games, too? They're all serious. Yeah. Is it not funny? It's no. funny. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What's that? Say again. Oh, that was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one as well. We've reviewed that about 60 times on Reviews in the Right. Mad and Mad Dog Yeah. Okay, if anyone has DOS, still, this is a good thing to give away. This is probably more something you're going to put on the shelf. This is actually the LucasArts Archives, Volume 3. And in addition to Monkey Island Madness, The Dig, Star Wars Dark Forces, there's also a game on here called Full Throttle. All right, now, again, raise of hands. Full Throttle's main game designer did something else more modern. Wants to stuff in the suitcase. Uh, who is that game designer? Bearded guy. Bearded guy. Yes. That's you. Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer, that's correct. Yes. Nice. This is before he was so that's yours. Come get it at the end. Um, are there any of these other games here that we wanted to mention? Good, bad. We never talk, really talked about Iron Man. Well, you know, the, the only superhero right. game that I, I actually game bought twice was uh, I bought Spider Man. The original Spider Man from NeverSoft. I bought it for the Dreamcast. That was cool, yeah. And for the PlayStation One. Yeah. And uh, again, another game that I that I think really uh, that was amazing. Looper, yeah, because yeah. it was all about collecting the comic book covers and all about unlocking all the different suits. Stanley did the narration. Excelsior! Symbiote suit. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Symbiote. Yeah. And they they didn't have the dual analog when this thing came yeah. out. So, yeah. but they somehow licked a lot of the camera challenges. It was still tricky. And you couldn't go everywhere, and there was a lot of fog to kind of hide the distances of things, but it was really impressive. And good storytelling again. Look what it says on the box, you don't just play it, you live it. Yeah. That should be the credo for every, every time you get handed the keys to one of these franchises. Well, during our review, our review of any superhero game, our question is always, does it make you feel yeah. like a superhero? And that's, that's the benchmark, I think. I think the, the superhero game that surprised me the most was Shattered Dimensions. I, I just love the idea of four different variations on the character. I wasn't big on the concept. I mean, when I saw it at Comic-Con before we actually got the game, it was like, this seems a little cheesy, like they're just trying to stretch this thing out. But then you get the game, and they, they overcame a challenge that a lot of these teams have to face, and that's you know, stretching the longevity of the experience out, you know? and then the, the repetition that comes with that. And I think when they, they did this sliver kind of design concept with all of these different variations and different themed uh, villains that Spider-Man would face. And then they did cool things like you're actually punching characters from a first-person perspective. It was a phenomenal game. Did everybody check out at least Shattered Dimensions? It's one of the best superhero games ever. You know, it's really, uh, it's amazing that now Beanox has done two other games and they just have not been able to hit that again.
it must be demoralizing for their team, you know? Is, is somebody up here going to talk about Aquaman, please? <laughs> well, I was going to say... Tommy did the music for that, but yeah. that's all I know. Yeah. We, we've established the fact that Superman has kind of gotten the shaft in, in video games over time. But what other either superhero or superhero franchise would you say um, has got the short end of the stick? Has anybody got any ideas about that that they want to share? The Thor movie tie-in game. Oh, God. Yeah. Each single one. Yeah. First than the last. Yeah, we did that Thor special, and we did all of the games, and it was all shit. <laughs> and and, and we, thought, we thought the movie was just going to suck, too, because the previews were not good. I thought about going back to law school. Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie was great, and we're like, what the, what the hell, man? How do you do this? It's the golden hair. It just it kills games. Like an Aquaman there is the golden one. Right. Yeah. Well, there's actually really good uh, hair physics in this game. <laughs> 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 the only thing that I got right. Yeah. This one superhero that got the tournament sick because he got his game canceled was a flash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, that's a, he's a tough one, though. Yeah, he'd be hard because you have to incorporate speed. I guess the, you, you slow down, right? There was a Game Boy Advance game that came out sort of after the DS had launched, so nobody cared. But so, uh, how, it, how would the Aquaman game work? I didn't play it. I didn't play it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't. We, we, we weren't making seen. as many episodes then. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody play it? Tell us about the Aquaman game. Who wants to review the Aquaman game right now? Tell us. Stand up. So basically, it's like an underwater version of Superman 64. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sounds great. Yeah. But you do work with stuff like you fly around. I mean, you swim around. Yeah. You fight the same aquatic people over and So they, they got the Aquaman license, and they said, well, we need to make a video game. What video game should we model our game on? <laughs> How about Superman 64? That sold a lot, right? I see yeah. on, the, on the box yeah. here, probably yeah. displayed a TDK. <laughs> I've seen a lot of games with TDK before or since. So. Yeah. What about Iron Man? Can we? Oh, uh, well, let's let's hear from this. Oh, I just had a comment. I noticed that that all these are male characters. Right. Um, Great know, point. The best Wonder Woman game is probably DC. Uh, uh, Lego Batman too. Yeah. I know this character is not a superhero. It doesn't have superpowers, but neither does Batman. I think my favorite video hero had to be Jade from Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. I think that's endemic in the business. It's endemic in uh, in sort of fantasy, sort of populist media right now. I think that uh, the women are really kind of just you know put into the background, or um, you know, it's it's disconcerting. I mean, why the fuck is there not been a Wonder Woman movie? You know, what is DC doing? You know, she's one of the coolest coolest characters ever. She's been around longer than. Pardon me. Uh, cancel TV show, I can understand, but she's a huge property, you know, that's an amazing character that, that needs to be, uh, you know, put on the same pedestal as any of the other male heroes out there. I don't understand the thinking, you know, and I can only imagine that it's because it's a male-dominated industry, and I, I, I think that's the, the same case with video games. I think there's just not enough understanding of how to create this so that it's going to appeal to both women and men, and that needs to change. You know, we need to have more female heroes, and I think Jade was a phenomenal one. So ahead of her time. So, it's so great. Yeah. What was cool about Jade is that she wasn't typically the, the big-breasted and stuff like that. Totally. She wasn't sexable. She was yeah. just a great hero. And yeah. A great <coughs> yeah. I mean, I love the... 
the, uh, the female characters in the Uncharted franchise, yeah. and I think that they are leading the case or the, the drive to the new Tomb Raider uh, reboot, and I know that they've been having some challenges with the way that she's assaulted and some of this stuff, and it's some pretty heavy material to get into, but uh, yeah, I think there needs to be a real change in thinking. I think that this is, you know, kind of soapboxy time, but th these are the things that the games industry should be grappling with, not connect and not, <laughs> not you know, touch screens. Like, they should be figuring out how to tell better stories with the way that we, they've trained us how to play games for the last 40 years. Like, get us richer experiences with cooler characters, more women, less guns, you know, what else can you do? Let us save some more worlds, you know, and, and uh, uh, lose ourselves in some really rich escapism, you know? Yeah, so I agree with you. There's a big audience for Call of Duty. They're making a shit ton of money with that game. Spend some of that money on some cooler ideas, you know, and give some women some big jobs. Let's see some more yeah. Amy, Amy Hennigs in the business, you know. But women, and if there are women in, in the, you know, in this panel right now, and if you've got friends that are interested in making games or movies, write, you know, get in the in the creative positions, take the power seats, get in there and start coming up with some of these ideas and positioning yourself with that mindset. Like come up. And, and lead teams and, and pitch and, and uh, you know, work with people to build your properties because there's a market out there for that. It's funny, you know, we go to a lot of conventions. I don't go to Comic-Con anymore, obviously. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, we go to E3 or we go to, we go to the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and it's all dudes. It's so, all dudes. You know, I've been doing this for well, probably over 10 years now, and it's still all dudes. And this, this is probably the most gender-equal event yeah, well, and Comic-Con is, too, for sure. I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she watched some of the B-roll of our show. But, uh, no, I know that, that was what depressed me about E3 this year. You know, apart from the Call of Duty banner and the Assassin's Creed banner. I love those games, don't get me wrong, but it's like they could just, it, they could just leave the banners up for every year because they're just going to be back with another one the next year. But apart from that, it was just watching the escalators, uh, and it was just guys streaming into E3, just tons and tons of guys. And I've been going since 1995. Just a guy buffet. You know, total sausage party every, every year. But I've been going since 95. I've been to every damn E3. And it, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And that just really got me down, especially when you hear of studio closures and you hear of, uh, you know, constraints and constriction and lots of indie teams trying to make their way and get some iPhone games and stuff out there. But the fact that the business has not matured to the point where we're, you know, actively including a wider audience out there, that really got me down. And, you know, this is part of the equation here. These are the biggest characters in the world, as the Avengers just proved this year. And the video game industry for whatever reason, when they get handed the keys to these incredible characters, they can't drop the ball. Now, Arkham proved it too. You know, the, the, it made Rocksteady, who knew, nobody knew about, one of the best developers on planet Earth because they made an awesome Batman game that appealed to every fan across the entire spectrum. How do you not do that again if you get handed Spider-Man or Iron Man or Thor or Captain America or Wonder Woman? It's crazy. Okay, soapbox off. <laughs> Back to your Connect comment. Yeah. I'm thinking that uh, you're not going to be a big fan of uh, Fruit Ninja, the superhero edition. Are they doing that? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it, would, it, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that coming? No! <laughs> Oh, 
Right. Is anybody excited about the Avengers uh, Ubisoft game? And I don't like I don't mean to disparage. Just people playing the damn thing and making the damn thing. But are, is anybody excited about that game? Did anybody play it? It's here. Yeah. Scott Scrolls. Yeah. The art's good, right? It looks cool. Listen, we got we got five minutes. Yeah, we got the five minute warning. Say again. I love Stan. <laughs> I don't think he's the target demo or the, uh, the biggest gamer out there. He's 90 years old, and we were talking with one of the guys that works there, and he's like, man, he was jumping around, he was having Oh, he's the best. I'll tell you something about Stan. He is the, my favorite person. On, I, I've met all kinds of incredible creative people and actors and game makers and comic people. He's, he's the coolest guy I've ever met. He's my hero, you know? Sitting right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Scott, Sid, then Stanley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Presumably, you guys are collecting old games. What's uh, your rarest game? Oh, that's a good question. Well, he owns everything, but some of them are ratty. I don't know what that. Every Xbox game ever yeah. published, every single one. Without exception, what, what, tell them some more of your beats. I've got all the Nintendo 64 games in the box. They're all the Dreamcast games. You can go and see all this stuff, yeah, right? We're, we're in Brantford. Uh, just look up Personal Computer Museum in Brantford and come and visit us. And uh, the Computer Museum is, is open to the public, and you get to see all the games out there. You can play a lot of the stuff, too, right? Yes, it's yeah. interactive. The video game collection, like the console collection, is a private collection, but uh, just when you come down, just say, hey, Side Fan Expo, and, uh, and, and I'm a fan. Just you have to say that you're a fan of Reviews on the Run and immediately. And then, you get 5% five, five off. And, uh, and I'll, I'll give you the private tour of, of the console. And for yogurt. Uh, <laughs> so, so, what's your most prized possession, though? What's the, what's the one thing that you own? Game or otherwise. Well, I think recently we we just we got a game that was developed in Burlington called Extraterrestrials for the Atari 2600. There's only four copies known to exist of the original, uh, and we actually did a reproduction. Um, and I sent one to Greedy actually yeah. because it. Yep. Um, and that's probably become the most prized possession just because of its rarity and also its Canadian connection. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, there's Canadian connections to Superman Returns that we're not so proud of. Yeah. Um, Chris but, Gray uh, did that, right? Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. Gray was the executive producer, and he uh, grew up in Oakville. And he, he started out, matter. I mean, Boulder Dash. Anyone ever remember Boulder Dash? Yeah. That was the first game that he co-designed and created, and then yeah, it kind of went downhill from there. He had, the, big, he had the biggest uh, independent how studio. Is, how much is extraterrestrials worth? Um, I've been offered seven thousand dollars. Wow. There okay. Might be a mission impossible, like breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think we got to go, everybody. It's time, right? You guys all rock. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, Vic, I'm talking. Can you hear me over here? Uh, yeah, put your lips closer to the mic. Hey, no, Come on. I'm, you know, I'm, talking to the mic. Okay, thanks, thanks for listening, there everybody. There you are. Thanks, that was, everybody. That was super fun. Yeah, that was a great day. Sid Bolton is the man. We love that guy. He's beautiful. He's a beautiful human being. He's he really a beautiful is. spirit. He is collecting everything for all of us. His spirit animal is a wolf. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you uh, want to listen to the podcast all the time, like all the time, and tell all your friends about it, you have to subscribe. 
That's you right. might also want to rate us because then um, people will see that uh, you like it. The higher you rate us, the longer you will live. So yeah. if you give it five stars, you yeah. might live you true. Know, 90 years. It's true, right? Four stars. It's karma. It's true. all about being a good person. Yeah, you could die if you don't rate us high enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.